0: Welcome in to Locked on Knicks. Alex Wolf here joined by my good buddy Prez again. You might know him as the lead draft writer for the Strickland or the host of the Draft Strickland podcast or the Friday co-host of Pod Strickland. Does a lot of draft a lot of Knicks and that's why while we still can before the Mavericks maybe screw things up we're going to talk more about this upcoming draft and players that the Knicks could take in the late lotto should the Mavs pick end up falling outside of their top 10 Protection range, so we'll have all that in just a sec. On Locked On Knicks, you are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: And
2: I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. <laughs> and he without
1: a five, the rim. Yes, up, up left. And now fires a three. Three, four, and he's fouled.
0: on Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA and get on your way to being your best self. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube, we appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at And as I said, I'm joined by my buddy Prez from the Strickland, who does a ton of draft coverage for me there. Uh, who hosts the draft strickland podcast? Prez eats, sleeps, and breathes this stuff. So while we still can, before the Knicks potentially lose the only first round pick that they would have had this year, granted, they don't they won't fully lose it, it'll just get pushed another year, should the Mavs not convey it this year. But Before that potentially happens, we had to talk about these late lottery guys, you know, at least get some draft coverage in and allow ourselves to dream a little bit. So we're talking about a number of good players today. We got Chris Murray, uh, a potential power forward that the Knicks could draft who bears a literal resemblance to his twin brother, Keegan Murray, who played fantastic for the Kings this year as a rookie. Uh, We're talking about Grady Dick, one of the best shooters in the country out of Kansas that the Knicks could potentially look at. Uh, we're talking about Kassan Wallace out of Kentucky, who Prez sort of confirmed my suspicions based off what little I had heard about him, that he's very much Emmanuel Quickly-ish with the way that he plays, and it's not just the Kentucky factor, so certainly something interesting to keep an eye on there. And Keontae George, uh, who came in with a ton of hype this year but kind of underperformed, so it could be one of those guys that's maybe a, a developmental project that you take and hope that you can sort of right the ship with the natural talent so uh, lots of good discussion in this one as we finish out the discussion of this portion of the draft uh, and then in one more episode this week we're also going to talk about some of the the late first round picks the uh, late first round pick type guys that the Knicks could potentially look at uh, and draft since that's sort of their sweet spot and would be a range that they would maybe try to trade back into but for now let's get into these four guys right now with press. And there's another guy too that I that I want to bring up who I think also sort of I mean maybe doesn't fit the the rim protection aspect as much but fits sort of that same uh, same archetype of a guy that can shoot a guy that can like do a little bit of everything he has someone who literally looks exactly like him in the NBA uh, already doing many of the things that he would be projected to do uh, because his twin brother got drafted by the Kings last year and is, has been a big part of them being as good as they are this year. Uh, So I'm talking about Chris Murray, six, eight forward out of Iowa. Uh, He's a junior. He is the twin brother of Keegan Murray uh, who, who obviously got drafted last year and has had a really good rookie season. Um, I think, it seems to me like Chris has in many ways stepped into sort of the same, the same sort of role that Keegan was in last year, but maybe just in some aspects of the game is only about 80% as good as Keegan was at Iowa. Um, His shooting numbers are not as impressive. Like, Keegan Murray shot like 40% from three on, I think about five attempts per game. Uh, Chris Murray is shooting like 33, 34% on roughly the same amount, maybe slightly more attempts per game. Um, So it's like, you know, you weigh those things back and forth, but a lot of the, a lot of the traits that made Keegan Murray, a good prospect, not to like pigeonhole his brother, just by the fact that he's an identical twin, but like, it seems like a lot of the things that were good about Keegan Murray are good about Chris Murray as well, except for Chris Murray might actually go a good deal lower in the draft just because of the depth and the youth and everything else in this draft and him being a junior and, you know, being in a stacked draft class might kind of work against him. Like what's your read on him? Do you think, do you see a potential steal there? Like if he ends up falling, like you said, where, you know, everything comes down to the margins and maybe just that draft age even works against him. And he falls to like the 18th, the 20th pick or something. Cause you see him potentially being a big steal there.
2: Yeah. If the Knicks end up picking later in the draft, right. Either they trade down or they lose their pick and then acquire a new one later, then he could definitely be a good value pick. Um, he's really productive like his, like his brother for sure. And like his brother, it's a mix of lots of three point shooting, but also really proficient interior scoring at the college level. Like, Um, They're both stronger and faster and have great touch around the rim. Um, So like college defenders just can't stop them inside the arc for the most part. Keegan is interesting because he, at the end of his last year in college kind of morphed from a decent shooter to a ridiculous shooter. And you saw him like slowly realize that culminating in a, in a tournament game where he had like seven threes or something like that. One of his last games of his career. And you see that now with the Kings where he had all the, he was productive because he used to dominate, not just from the outside, but the inside in college, he doesn't really do much inside in the Kings offense. He broke the rookie record for three pointers held by Donnie Mitchell um, yesterday or the day before. And he's a ridiculous shooter. Chris is nowhere near that kind of shooter. Um, I'm not anywhere near as confident. I don't think he'll be like a bum shooter, but it's just more about how great of a shooter Keegan is. And as far as their interior skills, that stuff is definitely valid. And I think Keegan's going to get to use that in time on the Kings, but that's just not his role right now. And would Chris be able to use that more than Keegan? Maybe if he gets on a team that, uh, where where that's called for more, and and the Knicks, given their um, reliance on just hammering the paint um, and stuff like that, I could definitely see them thinking that that skill set is something they can use on day one. Uh, in addition to him being a passable shooter with good size, right, like Obi, so I, I could see him being a good fit. I have him lower than some of the other guys on my list just because I don't know without the ridiculous shooting he's not particularly awesome at anything. He's just not bad
0: at anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of get that impression as well. I guess I, I sort of look at him almost like, again, a guy that like, if the Knicks ultimately decide this offseason, like, okay, it's time to move on from OB just because mm-hmm. we're not, we're not using him enough to maximize his like, like, utility, we're going to have to make a decision on a new contract. So would it be easier to just trade him and draft a replacement? I could see a Chris Murray maybe fitting that, but also then, like you said, if, if Chris Murray isn't like even let's say like 80% as good of a shooter as Keegan Murray is, then it's like, maybe you're running into the same problems where you're having someone who's sort of inconsistent as a three point shooter that can't fill that role that the Knicks are like really looking for him to fill and you run into some of the same problems that you have currently with Obi. Uh, so I guess we'll see as far as that goes. All right, I'll be right back in with Prez, and we'll be talking about Grady Dick, who out of Kansas is was one of the best shooters in the country this year and is certainly the type of player that the Knicks or pretty much any NBA team could use uh, because the Knicks, you know, they've gone through those team-wide shooting slumps this year at certain points, and it's always great to have a guy that you just know is going to shoot like 40%. From three in the NBA. So I'll talk about him with Prez in just a second. But today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. But another guy who's another great shooter uh, that as you said this is a a very shooting heavy uh class here is Grady Dick off Kansas he's a 6-7 wing he's a freshman uh seems like he's really just a great shooter from pretty much anywhere and also a pretty willing ball mover too so like he's not like just a catch and shoot guy like he also has decent enough vision from what it seems like to make the right pass and make the right decision um I, my first thought when i see a guy like that and again i i haven't gotten too into the weeds on draft yet but my first thought when i see someone like that is like oh are they like jingles maybe a little bit like that because that that was always sort of his calling card where he's not like necessarily the best at, at anything but he's a really good shooter and can move the ball well and you know can play some defense even if he's not fantastic and stuff like that um but what's your read on on grady dick and do you think i mean it seems like in reading about him that most of the concerns with him would probably come with how he's going to fare on the defensive end. Do you think that that would be too much of a red flag for this front office that seems to value that quite a bit?
2: No, I think Mm -hmm. he's solid on defense, especially he's a freshman and he's not the youngest freshman, but he's not an old freshman either. So Mm -hmm. he'll be 19 as a rookie, which for comparison, none of the Knicks rookies except for Trevor kills have been 19. Um, Mm -hmm. And For most guys who are just shooters or mostly deriving value from shooting, he's probably better at defense than them. A lot of that is because he's big and athletic. Like, he's legit 6'9", and he's pretty skinny, but he's not uh, plotting. And I don't know what his wingspan is, but it's probably, if I had to guess, like 6'10", 6'11". So he, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have a short wingspan either. Um, So he has a little bit more margin for error than, you know, you think about other guys like Bryce or Jordan Hawkins uh, who are shooters, but they're just, you know, they're shooting guard sized. So Grady basically plays the same position as them. He plays the two and the three, but he's bigger. And that'll always give you more margin for error. Um, So in that sense, I don't think, I don't really think he has red flags other than just not being able to dribble the ball. Um, he, he can like transition dribble the ball, right? Like when it's really easy, straight lines and stuff like that. Um, but it's okay because you can get from bad to fine as a ball handler. Like players do that very often in the NBA. No, he's not going to become hot sauce, but you know, he can become enough to like, Oh, if they go under the screen, I could take one dribble and shoot it like that kind of like, like how Matherin is doing or, you know, even like Tyrese Halliburton did from his freshman to sophomore year. And then from the sophomore year to the NBA, that's a more extreme example of improving ball handling, of course. But anyway, my point is like, he's a very solid, very solid prospect and guys like him don't go in the top 10. Like I said, with Hawkins, or maybe I said this in my head. I don't know if I actually said this, but (laughs) there, I was looking in the last couple of years and, there's not many players who go top 10 who are quote unquote just shooters, right? Like Devin Vassell, great shooter, but his whole thing was defense off ball. Same with McHale bridges. Um, uh, I had somebody else who I was just thinking of who, who was a a Corey Kispert. Like there's a lot of these guys and they always go late lotto. They never go top 10. And I have no reason to see that changing this year with such a stacked top of the class, unless, one of these teams that already has like a zillion toolsy wings decides we're just gonna make this easy and bet on shooting even if all the guys have more upside which is possible but um if he falls to the knicks that's a probably the draft pick where i will just worry the least like out of every player they could pick like even jordan hawkins i'm like oh like are the knicks gonna Run him on 20 screens like they need to, or whatever. With Gravy, it's just like, no, he can. You could make him whatever you do, he's just gonna shoot 40% from three on like a zillion threes and make the right pass and hustle on defense, even if it's 10 minutes a game. So I would be pretty thrilled if we got him. We just, I mean, we have shooters, right? We have Randall. We have, I mean, I, Randall's sort of a shooter. Bronson's a great shooter. Grimes is a great shooter. Quickly's. A great shooter but after that it kind of falls off a little bit so we could we could use a whether it's hawkins or grady like we could use a shooter
0: yeah i mean i think that the knicks just like every team could always use more <laughs> shooting but the knicks definitely need like ultra consistent shooting yeah so if that's something that he's going to offer i feel like you know that would be if they end up in that like 11 to 14 range like they could if the mavs managed to win a couple games here towards the end of the season like And he would become available, even if they had an opportunity to potentially move up for him or something like that sounds like something that I would be interested in as a Knicks fan, just because it's like this year. I feel like one of the only things that sort of held the Knicks back from time to time is the fact that at times the whole team just goes cold from three. And it seems like they just can't make anything. And we saw it more in the early parts of the season. But even now, you know, during the little mini losing streaks recently, it was just like why can't anyone hit a three right now? And it would be really nice to just have someone that no matter what you could count on like clockwork to make those, no matter if, you know, the, the whole team overall, like vibe is down or whatever, like they could be the (laughs) vibe setter, you know, and, and make those threes. Yeah. Um, Hawkins and Grady are the, are that level of
2: shooters? Like elite, elite, you can just rely on them. They'll be able to shoot until they like, our wheelchair bound 90 year olds or whatever. <laughs> and one other thing I'll say about Grady that is not really related to on but if you haven't Alex, you should look at his Instagram mm-hmm. because personality wise, he would be, he would become a fan favorite. I mean, any of these guys would become a fan favorite because we love our rookies, but he would especially be a fan favorite because he's kind of a wild dude in a hilarious, wholesome way. And oh. he is definitely not modest like he's very much would enjoy oh like new york city bright lights like i'm not paying for meals no more when i go out like i'm taking flick i'm kissing babies signing autographs like he would be that kind of charismatic
0: role player (laughs) nice i like to see that i mean we love our personalities on the on the Knicks, especially like with uh Deuce doing the, the TikTok in his jersey and uh IQ and Obi's bromance, all that good stuff. It'd be fun yeah, to have exactly. someone new to that. All right, I'll be right back in with Prez to talk about Kassan Wallace, a potential Emmanuel quickly type player, which I'm sure uh excites a lot of people listening, and Keontae George, a guy who sort of Underperformed this year. uh That could that was a top five ish guy. That if the Knicks managed to get this pick off the maps this year, could potentially be you know a guy to look at to develop to be a much better player at the pro level over time. But first, I do just got to remind you guys: today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and the NBA playoffs are almost here. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. You know that's where I'm going to be going, as if the playoffs need any more intrigue i'm gonna be looking for like okay how can i spice this up even a little more you know maybe bet the under on donovan mitchell points any given game the over on jalen brunson points uh and combine those two together and give yourself a double bet that can that can help you win even more money uh than it would just as individual bets by themselves so you know, something to look into. Definitely one of my favorite features is same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. To move to another player though, that that uh I, it's almost like it's almost like a moral obligation to talk about whoever the Kentucky guard is any given year Um Wallace, Wallace 6'4 guard out of Kentucky he's a freshman you got to always talk about the Kentucky pipeline factor with the Knicks because <laughs> World Wide West and Leon Rose and everything um, I you know similar stuff happened with like Ty Ty Washington where it's like oh like are the Knicks going to target Ty Ty because he's Kentucky and this that the other because of Emmanuel quickly obviously and and how well that's worked out for them um, I'll admit I I don't know hardly anything about Wallace. So the only thing that I sort of have gleaned is that he's, he's a combo guard. And a lot of what I read about him sounds like shades of IQ to me. Uh, But give me like the, the pitch on Wallace here. What's what's up with him?
2: Wallace is one of those guys who I wanted to rank lower on my next board because physically he's a long armed combo guard, like IQ, like I think Wallace is six, three, maybe six, four, same as IQ, 610 69 wingspan same as IQ skinny but strong same as IQ <laughs> like great conditioning same as IQ like th- and I'm like okay and deuce right like deuce is also short long arms insane defender good shooter so I'm like is there diminishing returns on a player like that the route to them getting minutes even in an early career bench role is a little more complicated And I would be a little bit worried about that. But if you just put the logistics aside for a minute, in terms of raw talent, there's a lot of reason to believe that he's going to be better than a lot of the taller guys who I also like and who you'll hear bandied about um, on this podcast, on draft Strickland, on Twitter, on ESPN, Uh, just because this guy just gets it done, man. He's, He's a monster defender. His, his stock rate, his steal rate is almost four, which is like OG on an OB territory. He's like an off ball genius who also plays bigger than his similar to deuce and IQ. You can put him on like a wing and they'll hold their own. Right. Like we've seen IQ and deuce and Grimes, right. Who's only six, five. We've seen these guys stymie players bigger than them. So he plays above his, uh, above his physical profile. And then like a lot of Kentucky guards, he could probably do a lot more on offense than he is allowed to show. He was a ridiculous three point shooter, not quite Hawkins gravy level, but um, 35% on uh, seven and a half threes per 100 hits his free throws. Some of those are pretty tough off the dribble, step backs and stuff like that. A lot of them are catch and shoot. He's pretty automatic off the catch. I don't know what his catch-and-shoot field goal percentage is, but I venture to north to guess that it's, like, north of 40%. Um, and he's also a good point guard. Like, he's a great decision-maker. He He's kind of like Deuce in that, like, he doesn't get all the way to the rim as much as you want, but when he's in the paint, even if he's not at the rim, he's making good decisions. He's an extremely good mid-range pull-up shooter, and he's also good at, like, Deuce and IQ at just kind of probing and then flinging passes out of the paint um so like his assist turnover ratio was two to one which is pretty good and he just doesn't make a lot of boneheaded plays so you know somebody's a really good shooter a really good defender a capable like they can create their shot in the pinch and you know they they got that kentucky grit they're gonna try you know the knicks probably got connections to him because of the kentucky stuff so the fit might be a little funky, but if the Knicks were like, let's he dropped to us, right? They view it as that. He dropped to us. We're fortunate that he's here. Screw it. Let's just take it. Like I couldn't be mad at that.
0: Yeah. I mean, another Emmanuel quickly is certainly not a bad thing if if that right. is indeed what he would become. <laughs> <laughs> so who's the, I mean, just because he got one doesn't mean he can't have a second one, I guess. <laughs> Even if yeah. it's a little redundant. Exactly. Um, like but-
2: sometimes I think about taller players and I'm like. That'd be great, but like, if I had to choose a taller player or Emmanuel quickly, or a taller player or Tyrese Halliburton, or a taller player or Tyrese Maxey, like I don't care about the fit, just give me those guys.
0: (laughs) Yeah, certain guys, the talent just wins out. Um, Speaking of, uh, there's a guy on the list that um, has sort of fallen a bit. Like I know I recognize his name right away. Like again, you know I. I loosely keep up with scouting leading up to various you know years just to know names to look out for and stuff. And this is a guy whose name I saw a lot and then who now is sort of slipping down draft boards a bit despite being by some people considered to be like a consensus top five guy coming into the year, stuff like that. And that's Keontae George out of Baylor, uh, freshman guard. Uh, and it seems like based off you know what people expected, it was like potential three-level scorer, like, like, definitely a high-level scoring prospect. But, like, it seems like he's underwhelmed quite a bit. Like, or he underwhelmed quite a bit his freshman year. Like, the shooting percentage was woeful. He shot, like, 35% overall. Um, and that's not good. And, uh, you know, that, like, <laughs> you, you need to have something to sort of latch on to. Like, when you have these guys that are, like, have all the natural talent in the world but don't produce their freshman year when they come in and they were projected to be a one-and-done, like, there has to be sort of, like, a justification for that. So like, what would be your case for Keontae still being a guy that you would want to consider? Like, is it just like maybe the, the fit or the situation wasn't great or like, what's, what's your take on that? So the field goal percentage and efficiency is, is definitely a red
2: flag. If you watch Baylor, you know, not even this year, if you just watch Baylor over the last couple of years, they really rely on their guards to create shots They've had multiple successful tournament runs because of that. didn't work out for them this year, Um, but it was the same deal schematically. Like He took 15 threes per 100, which is like Grimes, Bones, Highland. You pretty much don't take – nobody takes more threes than that. It's just as an NBA prospect, there's just no prospects who do that, full stop. Um, And even though he shot only 34%, 33% from three, um, nobody who shoots that many threes – is a bad or even good shooter? They're all pretty much great shooters. It's it's the same thing. It with Grimes, like you don't. If you're confident enough to take that many shooters and you have a positive impact on your team's offense, like and you just watch Keontae shoot, you know he can shoot. Like I, at the risk of being like a overly eye test kind of guy for once, he just he can get his shot off the dribble. He can get his shot off the catch. He can get it off of combos. He can get it from thirty feet if he wants and. So that's definitely the thing I'm hanging my hat on is like, if you tone down his shot selection and let him play as not the primary threat earlier in his career, he's going to be a ridiculous shooter. Um, they're completely different players, but it's kind of like one of the things I told people about LaMelo Ball back in the day. Um, LaMelo just took the, obviously, he took the wildest shots ever when he was playing in the NBL. But it was one of those things where like if you just tone that down, his three-point percentage will be fine. Like you his form is funky, but just look at the shots he takes. Like an NBA coach is not gonna allow him to take those. And it's the same with Keontae. Some of his shots are would t- t- would probably throw this guy into the East River or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then beyond that, he has a lot of different really intriguing skills and some he hasn't quite he didn't quite put them all together but like he's a very good ball handler his passing flashes are crazy he's very physical he's a decent rebounder for a 6-3 yard um he's a foul grifter he has that IQ ability to like know how to jump into guys and I'm pretty sure if we had Keontae George he would just like Absorb all of IQ and Brunson's foul grifting like Keanu Reeves in The Matrix when they plugged him in in the beginning. Um, so, so he's, I mean, he's definitely on my list as, along with Kassan. As, like, you know if he's there, you have to
0: strongly consider him fit aside just
2: because the talent is crazy.
0: All right, well, that sort of handles the as if that's not enough players that that sort of <laughs> handles the the early Lotto. Portion or like the late lotto, earlier part of the draft that the Knicks could be in portion of this. But as we know, the Knicks love their late first round picks. So I figured we could sort of like rapid fire uh, a few other guys here real quick. All right, and that's it for this second part with Prez. I'll be back with one more part before the end of this week where we're going to talk about a different range of the draft guys that maybe factor more into the like 20 to 25 range since that seems to be the range the Knicks always like to be in. You know, possibly if they lose this Mavericks pick, maybe they look to trade back into that range and find themselves a player there. Uh, I guess we'll see how it all goes. But it's still interesting to talk about all these guys regardless because this really seems like such a deep class where there's so many guys that might fall in that 20 to 25 range that would have been much higher in any other draft. Uh, And Prez has a lot of guys he likes in that range. So we get into a large number of guys in that final show. So definitely keep your ears and eyes out for that. But until next time, thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you all soon. Peace out.
1: Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection.